Hello, and welcome to Positive Vibes from the Valley. I'm your host, Ryan, and I work for the Northwestern Prevention Collaborative as the Community Liaison and Training Coordinator. This podcast focuses on the eight dimensions of wellness from SAMHSA, and that is the emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, financial, occupational, and social dimensions of wellness. What we're going to be talking about today with Miss Taylor Alger is environmental wellness. Speaking of which, thank you so much, Taylor, for being here with us this evening. Really glad to have you here. So it's it's awesome. I'm I'm really glad. And you're outside. That's great. Bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's really I've, I've been so excited about this since you brought it up. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Well, Taylor, I know we're ready to dive in and we're going to talk a lot about environmental wellness. But before we delve into that a little bit, um, I was hoping you wouldn't mind to introduce yourself to to all of our listeners joining us today. Tell us a little bit more about Taylor Alger. Yes. Oh, wow. What is there to say? Um, So I uh, was born and raised in Page County, Virginia. Um, So I'm very passionate about this community and, um, you know, grew up thinking that I could not wait to live or move away from here. And now all I want to do is live here. Um, So I, my background first and foremost is in psychology and trauma, mental health, um, addiction awareness, things like that. But through that journey, I kind of, and in my own healing, you know, because I think a lot of times people dive into those fields without looking within first. Um, And so in my journey looking within, I found the outdoors and I found the environment and a connection to nature that truly, truly saved my life. Um, And I can, I say that very confidently because if I didn't find gardening and just the, the impact that that had on like a cellular cellular level for me, I don't know where I would be today. Um, so I, a couple of years ago, moved to Colorado and um, studied permaculture and off-grid living and ways to just you know work with nature uh, to create kind of a vibrant ecosystem. And that goes from a kind of physical, like land-based level, but also on a social level, which is crazy how much those things merge and overlap. And so, yeah, I just moved back uh, to the Valley in September and have been very diligently working on community networking and working with different organizations and um, trying to establish something here in the Valley that's focused, you know, on the food system, but also just community uh, awareness and wellness. So, yeah, that's a me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> that was a great biography, Taylor. Nice work. Uh- <laughs> I do really quick. I just want to say I, I really love what you touched on there. Just uh, you know, with regards to mental health and addiction, and some of just the issues that I think our community and the country at large is facing, really. And it's just it's just really interesting to see you kind of going to the source of some of those issues versus treating symptoms. And we we talk about that quite frequently. So great to see that going on, Taylor. And again, I'm super excited to have you here. So. But without any further ado, so I'm going to give you the textbook definition of environmental wellness, and I want to see uh, what you think. So SAMHSA defines environmental wellness as being able to feel safe and accessing clean air, food, and water, preserving the areas where we live, learn, and work, occupying pleasant, stimulating environments that support our well-being, 
promoting learning, contemplation, and relaxation and natural places and spaces. Wow. Well, that's a uh, technical textbook definition for you. But Taylor, would you mind to share what your definition of environmental wellness would be? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Ryan. Um, so I think just looking at that definition or hearing you say it, the, the words that pop up for me are access. Um, you know, having access to that is, I think, a lot of times when we think about all the things that impact us, you know, from our environment to our family to, you know, trauma, things like that, I think that a lot of times we don't account for environment and how really that is the core of everything else. And I think, you know, another word that you said was preservation. You know, how do we take care of this? I think these are conversations that we're just starting to have, you know, maybe we should have had them a little sooner, but we're getting to the point where we're seeing, oh, wow, the earth isn't, may, maybe may not always be there. Um, you know, things are a little bit more finite, I think, than we've ever envisioned before. And so, I think for me, environmental wellness is the biggest, the biggest thing I think is connection and being able to connect to the environment. And that's something I really want to emphasize and focus on and drive on, drive home in our conversation today is how imperative it is for us to connect to nature and have a relationship with it. And I think that when we start to do that, we see that all of those other factors Kind of start to be a little bit more um what's the word i'm looking for like just benefited you know or you know they start to thrive a little bit more um but again if we're not able to access it and we can't occupy these spaces which a lot of people in our country that's the case um then everything else starts to kind of fall away i mean we look at places in the country where things like addiction and mental illness and crime and all of these really like big epidemics in our country are skyrocketed and those places a lot of them are concrete jungles you know or there's no nothing green there's no trees you know and i know that there's more efforts to create that but we need to kind of support those efforts and also just continue to do more uh, so I hope that answered your question semi <laughs> a little bit. It, it absolutely did. And I'll be honest, Taylor, I like your answer a little bit better than the textbook. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So we're defining environmental wellness and you touched on this a little bit already, but you know, to be completely honest, I feel like environmental wellness is, you know, we, and we talk about this a lot with the, the various dimensions of wellness that they need to be in a balance. Okay. And I feel even for myself personally, it can be easy for any of the dimensions to get a little out of balance or maybe neglect it. But how would you say environmental wellness plays a role in our everyday lives? And specifically, we're going to start thinking towards maybe adults within the community. Mm -hmm. And then just to give you an idea where we're headed, we're going to start thinking of, of our youth as well. So... Again, how would you say environmental wellness plays a role in our everyday lives? Yeah, um, I think for adults and youth alike, it is, like I said before, it's the core of everything. And I think that once that, that connection to the environment is, is severed, then everything else starts to fall away as well. Um, you know, I think 
something that we don't think a lot about is just clean spaces and especially here in the valley you know we are very very fortunate and very blessed that there's a lot of open farmland and i mean i have been mind blown after living two years in colorado coming back to virginia for the spring just how green everything is and how good it smells and how fresh the air is and you know i will like go into cities and stuff you it's very clear you can see the smog you know you see it's a little bit more gray and so i think we don't experience that as much firsthand in the valley but what we do experience i mean look at our water the shenandoah river you know you can't eat the fish out of the river anymore um i know in the past several years when i've gone fishing you know you pull a fish out of the river and a lot of times it has sores on its mouth it doesn't look healthy, you know, so I think something that impacts us every day, especially as it's nicer outside and it's getting warmer and we want to be in the river is, you know, we can't eat out of it. And I've heard things being said, now, like, please don't quote me on this because I haven't fact checked it myself, but I have heard comments, you know, of, oh, well, we probably shouldn't even be swimming in our river. Um, so I think that that's something that we're starting to see the impact of that we just we don't even you know recognize just yet um, until it's starting to escalate a little bit more. And you know I think a lot of times when we talk about kind of that Maslow's hierarchy of needs from you know basic needs from food, water, shelter, things like that, I deeply deeply believe that like the access to nature and connection to nature is one of those basic needs i think that when we are not getting that within ourselves i think that we become more triggered we're less grounded we're a little bit more in our heads and unable to kind of just like feel into what's happening a little bit um and so i mean i found for myself that you know i've been doing a lot of computer work lately and so when I'm inside on the computer all day, I have to take at least, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, every couple of hours and just go and be outside and feel my feet on the ground and just like breathe into fresh cut grass and hear the birds and, and all of that, because it really, I think, because we are so disconnected from it, because this isn't something that I would say is encouraged in our society. I think that we don't even realize how much we're missing it. Uh, I think that once we start to get outside more and then feel that connection again, then it's like, oh, this is what I've been missing. Um, but we're not encouraged to do that. And so it just, you know, it's one of those things we don't even consider. Um, and another thing too, I think, you know, I've read, because I'm passionate about this, obviously, and I've studied it. You know, I've read a lot of books about just from when you go outside and take a walk, the impacts on your physical body, to your psyche, to your emotional body. I mean, they're profound. It's un insane. And I don't think it's any coincidence of the statistics you, when you look at people that are in recovery and they go to places where there's sunshine or they do farming programs or gardening programs, the, the success rates are just unbelievable. And I think, yes, I think it comes from giving people skills and getting people excited about something again. But I think half of that impact is just being outdoors and um, being able to breathe clean air and put your hands in the dirt and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Um, so to kind of bring that back, though, for adults, I think, you know, a huge thing to look at is getting outside and feeling that connection. And then also 
kind of look, so I think a lot of times we can feel stressed, right? Or we can feel that we're not at ease or triggered. You know, I know that triggered is a triggering word, but a lot of times we do feel that. And because we don't consider this lack of connection, this severed connection to nature, I think that we don't even think that that could be a root of what's happening. And so it creates these spirals and these cycles of like internalization, you know, like what's wrong with me? I'm doing something wrong, you know, all these things to start to pile up until we kind of burst a little bit. Um, And I think if we would be able to say, hey, you know what? I don't feel right. I'm going to go outside for just a little bit. I think that we would, those spirals wouldn't be as uh, rapid or as deep as they can be. Uh, Taylor, you made so many great points there. And I I just want to grab a few that you pointed out that I, I really liked. And you know, one thing you pointed out is, you know, talking about environmental wellness being this glue. It's an interesting thing that a lot of times, like you pointed out, you don't notice it until it's not there. Um, recently, I had a really cool opportunity uh, to visit a wastewater treatment facility here locally. And when you're thinking, wow, that must have been exciting. Actually, it, it really was just to see how much work and effort goes into keeping our water safe and drinkable. We go to the faucet, cut the switch on you like, hey, here comes the water. Right. But you don't realize how much effort and work is going into you know, making that happen. But you would quickly realize it if you cut the faucet on and, you know, purple water comes out. Right. Right. So I I definitely like that point about you may not even know what you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So thinking from that perspective a little bit too, again, how, how do we communicate to our youth just how important environmental wellness is in their lives? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's definitely, it's hard. It really, really is, you know, especially in today's world. Um, because technology and computer games and iPads and TikTok, <laughs> you know, it's all, it is kind of the main focus of communication and societal connection in a way uh, for our youth today, which is really hard. And I had a, uh, I substitute um, and I have, you know, when I have downtime, I'll ask the kids questions, you know, just different things and just get to know them a little bit more. And I ask them all, you know, would you prefer to be outdoors when you get home from school and play, or would you prefer to go inside and play video games or play on the computer? And it was staggering the amount of kids that prefer to be indoors rather than outdoors. Um, there is this book, I can't remember the author, but it's called Last Child in the Woods. It's a great, great book. And he talks about, so like our generation, so, you know, mine and yours kind of 90s kids uh, are kind of considered the last, the last children in the woods, the last kids that actually remember playing outside. And outdoor play, I mean, it stimulates creativity, it stimulates imagination, you know, collaboration. I mean, when you get a kid outside and you give them nothing, the things that they create and come up with is insane. Like, I remember making mud pies when I was little. We had like a restaurant and we would just serve the mud. And um, so I think just letting kids, like not letting, kind of gently nudging kids outside and being like play and imagine and have fun. I think that that would have amazing, you know, like a profound impact. And 
another thing that this man, again, I can't remember his name, but um, in Last Child of the Woods, he talks about something. So we have this idea of attention deficit disorder, right? And I mean, the statistics for kids that have, you know, ADD or ADHD currently, again, staggering, but he kind of turns it and calls it nature deficit disorder and talks about if we would get our kids outside and allow them to play and pretty much just channel that energy into you know a more constructive source rather than it being built up inside and then they're just they can't you know contain it what what impact would we see you know what what would what creativity would we see if we found like a channel for that chaos um and i think getting kids outside for that and you know i know something that you and i have talked about and just you know our conversations is gardening with kids and reconnecting kids to their food and where it comes from and um again substituting you know i had to read this magazine with the kids today about like farmers markets and where does your produce come from and i was like yeah like this is great and they just you know i was really once they got into it they were really into it and i think that's the thing kids naturally love this stuff but unless you tell them like we what we're going to talk about this or we're going to go out into the garden or we're going to feed the community there's just no connection there unless you put it in front of them because again the iPad. I mean, and I'm, I'm, you know, I have technology, I get it, but also I do see that it, it's very unbalanced with our youth today and, and it's hard to see, you know, it really, really is. So, yeah. Well, Taylor, again, really, really a great answer there. And, and I definitely agree with you. I think one of the, the drawbacks, I'm using technology right now. I have my phone here and I think there's an iPad in the other room, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, I think the thing about that is, A, you know, everything in moderation, and B, especially looking at our youth, I think technology and, and that sort of input tells you how to feel. TikTok is like, here's content for you to watch and absorb. Here it is. Versus when you go outside, like you were saying, the world is your oyster, so to speak. And they've said, you know, fantasy play and where, where children are kind of forced to use their imagination to create activities fosters you know cognitive improvement and increases problem solving skills later in life you know so we can see how important that is in, the, in their everyday life from a developmental level and how that translates to our adults um, and one other great point i think you made too and, and just kind of building off of it i do think for all the negative drawbacks from the past two years with the pandemic, I do think there was a little bit of a forced uh, hard look at, hey, how, what, what can we do now, right? And one of the things that we can do is get outside, visit your natural or your national parks, go, go to local parks and playgrounds and, and those sorts of things. So I do agree with you that I think now more than ever, there's starting to be this kind of light bulb moment where, hey, environmental wellness is more important than maybe we ever thought. Yeah. And with that being said, so Taylor, I can tell, it seems like just maybe a little bit, you're a little passionate about this sort of thing and know a little bit about it, but could you offer some maybe simple tips for people out there who are looking to increase their understanding of environmental wellness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me uh, pull out my scroll. Um. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's so many. So, you know, one of the things that we talk about when we think about like environmental wellness or environmental health, this conversation of what we are doing to the earth and the future impacts comes up. And, you know, it's easy to go there, but I don't want to because it becomes controversial. And I think <clears throat> a lot of times the, the focus of those conversations gets lost and the point gets lost because and it's, is this thing real? Is it really happening? Is it not? Um, you know, but there is no denying that there are places that are polluted. And there is like, I mean, when you look at places like Flint, Michigan, who has not had, they have not had clean water in years, you know, so those things are real and they're happening. Does that mean that there's this big crisis coming? I'm, I'm not one to say, but, you know, you can look and see that our environment is being impacted. And so if you want to look at the severity of this, the internet will always give you the severity <laughs> to its full extent. And so I encourage people to, to research, you know, figure out you know, what what is happening to our earth and, and what we can do about it. You know, there's conversations about um, carbon impact or carbon footprint. So there's the little things that you can do. So clean up your trash, try to use less plastic, you know, carpool, you know, things like that, keep your water clean, leave no trace, you know, all of those things are things that you can do that I think are very, very important. And it's also, you know, we're one person or, you know, I'm one person, but you and I are two people and the people listening to this, you know, that definitely makes a larger impact. But I also recognize the bigger issues aren't necessarily being done by the common, the common folk, you know, it's the people that can get away with it that maybe are causing more harm, but I digress. The two things that I would really encourage people to research and learn about, especially if it affects their community, are these ideas of a food desert and food insecurity. Um, so food deserts are areas where there's not, you know, healthy, nutritious food being grown nearby, or if it is, it's not that accessible. So the grocery store, let's say, is like an hour away or, uh, you know, there's more junk food and things like that being offered than fresh, like good produce and not the, the wilty kind of mushy stuff that you get in a lot of grocery stores. Um, and then food. So if you are living in a food desert, that therefore leads to something called food insecurity, which is a kind of, I don't even know if it's a phenomenon or, or what to call it, but because we don't have access to healthy, nutritious food, we then turn to more convenient, more affordable, uh, more accessible food, which are things to more like more fast food, processed, uh, you know, soda, you know, things like that, that maybe aren't the best for our body. And thus creates a cycle of, in a way, I mean, it, it can be addiction. You know, we can be addicted to processed mm -hmm. foods. And then that will lead to higher rates of disease, um, higher mental struggles, which I don't think people connect what we put into our bodies with the way that we feel afterwards. Um, you know, you go and you eat a cheeseburger and then you eat like a healthy salad and notice just how you like the clarity that you feel in your brain. Um, and so, you know, a lot of, of these kind of diseases, like, you know, chronic heart disease, things like that can stem from these ideas of food insecurity or just not having access to healthy food. Um, one of my biggest tips though, for people, like if you want to ask my, like the tip for me, um, it is the focus on 
so you know again all these conversations automatically kind of turn to prevention of harm like how can we recycle or do these things that will stop harming nature but my encouragement is to focus on connection and how can you build relationship with nature because if you're not telling people that this is affecting them and they don't feel like why like why why save my plastic you know why do these things but when they feel that feeling and they know that like we are a part of nature somehow in some way and that what we do to it directly comes back to us it it really i don't know something shifts and something changes and uh you know i think what i would encourage people to do is just take like make time in your day to go outside make time even if you're sitting like on a screen porch or you're sitting at a window with the window open just do something to really observe and take it all in um one of my favorite things that i do with the kids is this activity called five four three two one and so you go outside and you think like five things that you see and it's really easy to be like there's a car there's a bird there's a tree you know but really get detailed with it so you know, I see a tree that has like three different shades of green and I see a red bird that's flying right over my head, you know, so kind of like and it kind of encourages this presence. So it's five things that you see, four things that you hear, three things that you can feel, two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. So it's the five senses and you go down and you can change it up. It doesn't have to be that structured, but that is a way and that's something that I practice every morning when I leave my house to walk out to my car. I do five, four, three, two, one, just to kind of ground, to observe and to, to build that connection. So that's the biggest takeaway is, you know, just, just be with nature and feel it and just like, I don't know, I feel like when you say things like that, it, it kind of just sounds hippie or it's like, oh, this person's a tree hugger or something like that. But it's really not. It's that we only have this this one earth and it is very precious and it gives us so much and so i think if we can just make time for it and then maybe that five minutes ten minutes outside changes into a 30 minute walk and then that can change into a hike or building a garden or um you know i have gotten really into like herbalism and foraging and so i'll go out and you know like dandelions Anything that I know is edible and that can be used for food or medicine, I'm just harvesting it <laughs> and trying to dry it and uh, use it. So that would be my biggest thing is just encouraging people to connect to nature. Um, and the last thing that I want to just say as to, again, I, I have a scroll. Like I could, I could keep going, Ryan. I really could. Um, but one of the biggest things, I think a lot of times we talk about sustainability, right? There's this whole focus like sustainability, but I don't think that the goal should be to sustain what we've been doing. I think the goal should be regeneration. So how can we take away the harm that we've done by creating practices and ways of being with nature that are healing it? So we're not just keeping it going, even though it's causing harm, we're creating something that's gonna help it thrive again. Um, yeah, yeah, so those are my... My big tips, there's more, but I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> At hour three, I'm going to cut you off, Taylor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, so Taylor, one thing that, again, I think you, you did such an excellent job pointing out, and you, you've done a great job pointing this out in a few of the questions. Again, going back to that balance between the other dimensions of wellness, right? 
So by taking care of environmental wellness, it was just really interesting to hear how much of a, you know, uh, blending between all the dimensions that can occur. And you really can see that, that harmony. So, Hey, not only am I improving my environmental wellness by going for a walk outside, I'm improving my physical wellness, which is in turn benefiting my mental and emotional wellness, which is then affecting the, the spiritual wellness. And you can really see again, how these all work together to, to create that balance and how quickly when one is out of balance, the, the house of cards can fall. So I think that's a really great point. And the only other point I think that everyone can get behind, right? Because I know what you were saying about, hey, <laughs> you know, when I even talk about this, there's like these flags that are going up like, wait, wait a minute. But one of the big things I think when people think maybe big picture, it's maybe harder, but I love Page County. I love going back to the river. I, I just love going for the hikes. I love being on Skyline Drive everything. And there is nothing that drives me crazier than when I see trash and people not taking care of our environment. And that's something that, you know, to be honest, I don't really care who you are. Everybody can support a clean environment in our backyards. Nothing is worse than going to the places we love most and seeing that neglect and trash. And, you know, as the military and, and army certainly always says, leave it better than you found it. And I think that's something we can all do, right? That's a simple, easy task. Um, and your simple tip was was probably one of the best, you know, get outside. Yeah. I really like that. Right. Yeah. Kind of thinking along those same lines, and, and I know we were, you've said it a bunch. I'm trying to think of maybe some youth involvement and some maybe opportunities out there for youth to get more involved. Um, would you be able to provide any examples or maybe some ideas um, in addition to, to some of the feedback you provided here? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that, um, for example, PACA, the Page Alliance for Community Action uh, here in Page County has created community gardens um, within each town in Page County. So there's one in Luray at the Valley Health. Uh, there's one in Shenandoah next to the clinic, the Valley Health Clinic that they have there. And then one in Stanley, also next to the Valley Health Clinic in Stanley. Um, so I think that, you know, they have, for example, on Saturday, uh, May 14th, they are having volunteer hours from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, and they always invite community and especially youth to attend and join. Um, and then I know that they will be having like free market Fridays uh, at their market to work with kids. And I think that kids even get something. I don't remember the exact name, but it's some type of like deal where they get kind of five dollars like spending money in a way to be able to buy produce themselves. Um, I know they do Teach Me Tuesdays. They have a calendar for that that I'm sure is on their website or um, I know there's talk of maybe creating just like a website for the gardens. Um, so, you know, they do educational programming and things like that uh, for kids to get involved in and, and learn more. Um, I myself am currently working with some organizations in the county, uh, along with the county itself of PAGE, to create more programs for kids to do gardening. And I want to be able to do it from seed to selling. Um, so I really want us to be able to create the gardens, to tend them, weed them, to harvest them, to 
take the food and either take it to market and sell it and get kids kind of involved in those business skills as well, um, or to prepare it and serve it or eat it themselves. Um, and I know that there's, you know, conversation and efforts being made currently to bring more farm to school stuff, um, getting more school gardens and getting kids you know, more involved in gardens and things like that. And as you mentioned, Ryan, I mean, we live in such a special place uh, when it comes to access for outdoor things, like we are in no shortage, so, you know, so we have the Greenway, we have Lake Arrowhead, um, the Imagination Station just opened, uh, or the new Imagination Station just opened. Um, I know that there's a lot of, you know, fishing opportunities and things like that. I mean, hunting is huge here. I know there's a lot of like youth, like growth and youth kind of connection through just hunting and, and providing food for your family. Um, and then, you know, there's different things too, like Earth Day runs and stuff like that. But I think what's what's missing in our county, there's opportunity, but there's not connection to those opportunities. And, you know, I know that I'm only one person um, and I know that it, it takes a village, but my goal is to kind of orchestrate the village that's already existing to make sure that our kids have connections to these things and that they are not only involved in them, but they're excited about them and that they're growing, they're growing from growing <laughs> and um, just really learning that, like, you know, I think what we've talked about a lot just through all these terms of wellness is when we lose presence, we lose everything else in a way too. Like we're unable to truly just be present in the moment. And that's hard to do in the world. You know, there's, I mean, from the last two years of pandemic, there's trauma, there's school, there's work, there's money, there's just so much coming at us constantly. And when we can truly train ourselves, and I think that nature is the best teacher through that, is to just be outside and find presence. I think that I've said this a million times, I'm just saying it a different way, but really I do think that being able to teach that to our kids will allow them to just all the other natural skills to come. Like I think that problem solving and integration and creativity, I think it all can come through, through bringing that in. And again, I think nature is, is the best way, or at least that's what I found so far. And I'm a living walking example of, of how it can make an impact. So. Well, and Taylor, you know, it's an interesting thing, too, that you bring up about, and I have this conversation, uh, you know, with, with friends and, and loved ones about the 24-7 constant stimulation that is coming at us from all sides every moment of every day. And it, it's very true, you know, it sounds almost uh, common sense, like we'll be present. But in reality, and I'm guilty, right? Hey, I'm thinking about the next three things while I'm trying to sit here and, and enjoy this moment. Well, am I enjoying the moment? Am I learning from it? Of course not, because I'm thinking about the next three things. I'm not even here. So I think it's really important and a great point that you brought up there. I also would like to say that the community gardens are awesome. And uh, <laughs> um, I've actually helped out with those quite a bit. But now that I've found someone so passionate, I know who to call for the weeding and mulching next time. Yes, so <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, actually, my, my family lives there in Stanley and they, they visited the community garden there in Stanley and have gotten some some vegetables from there. I took a youth group out there and we, we mulched and to say we had a good time. We had a good time. We had a good time. 
we had a tiring time, but it was a good time. So, well, Taylor, you've, you've provided a lot of great answers. I do have to put you a bit on the spot, though. You've given such great advice. You've given a lot of great tips. But, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of with your morning routine, but when you're thinking about your own dimension of environmental wellness, you know, and we've used this example before, think of it like a cup, right? A cup of water and you're filling up everyone else's cup. Hey, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Well, at the end of the day, how does Taylor make sure she has enough in her cup to balance her own dimension of environmental wellness? Great question, Ryan. Yeah. So for that, I mean, I mentioned a little bit before. So, you know, I grew up, my mother was an addict um, and, you know, she lost her life almost two years ago. And um, going through and being a child of an addict, there's not much conversation around that. There's not much conversation of how that impacts us. And so, you know, I went through a lot and thought, okay, like, I haven't become an addict, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. And I definitely recognize my own patterns that were not good for me and not really the fullest practice of wellness, even though, as you said, I was filling up other people's cups. And um, so that was in about 2016, I moved to my family's farm and I thought, you know what? Everything's pretty wild in the world right now. I'm gonna start a really big garden. Um, and so I did that and it, oh my gosh, the effects that it had on me were insane. I just, I don't know, just being outside and I could like, you talked about weeding all day. I could weed all day. I love it. I could absolutely do it. <laughs> and, and I think like for me, like that, that physical labor and working for something and seeing the results of what you work for, that fills my cup, you know, just being able to do that. Um, I am a big, big proponent of walks. Um, I take a walk just about every day, whether that be in the morning or in the evening. Um, and I'm very blessed to be on my family's farm where I can walk by the river, I can walk into the cows, and it's just very open space. Um, or, you know, a lot of times I have meetings all the time. I, like I said, I'm networking, so I'm very busy. So a lot of times, and you can attest to this because you and I did it once, but I'll have my meetings at the Greenway and we'll just walk and, and be outside. Um, as it gets warmer, I'm hoping to spend like a day a week at the river uh, and just either be floating down the river or sitting in the rapids or just any fishing, anything in the river. Um, so I try to, for me, you know, I like hiking and I like mushroom hunting, you know, and, and it's not for everyone. And I get that. And so I want to encourage everyone to find their own thing. But I am, you know a page county and through and through and so anything outdoors really fills my cup um and that's also along with like movement like you mentioned before and yoga um i i love yoga and i try to do it outside as much as possible uh especially when you have like birds flying over you or like under you or like a dog walking under you <laughs> it just makes it that much more exciting um as I said, five, four, three, two, one. I try to do every morning. I try to do it while I'm driving. Um, and then, you know, another thing that I do that, you know, and it is a balance, like you said, one thing, one thing gets out of balance, but I've dedicated my life and my work to this, to what I found works for me. And so I'm very involved in community advocacy. And so I'm working to create a localized food system 
um, with the county and with farmers. You know, I'm really trying to connect with farmers and get them supported and, and bring more fresh food to our community and allow our community to have more education on why fresh, healthy food is ex ex not it's expensive. See, that's what was going to come out because it is very expensive, but we're working on it. Um, but why it's just so important. And that's the thing too, is diet. Um, I, my favorite food is ice cream. And <laughs> once, it gets, <laughs> once it gets warm outside, I will find every excuse to eat ice cream every day. But again, as I said, you notice those effects. And so I try to eat, you know, as localized and as, you know, grown from the like my my mindset is if it grew if it grew from the earth or if it came from the earth in some way whether through plant form or it was raised livestock or something like that then i feel okay ingesting it um but when i get you know that bag of salt and vinegar chips or the ice cream cone i'm like okay well kind of from the earth but not really so that's another thing too that i mean i love cooking so much and so um just what i eat and put into my body is very important um what else do I do? And then working with kids and trying to spread this, you know, to kids is, is huge for me. And that's kind of like my, my main focus. You know, I'd like to evolve that into, you know, working also with folks that are involved in the justice system and giving just anyone who I think is struggling in life and hasn't found that connection to nature and presence to begin their healing journey. I'm going through it myself and I'm hoping to bring it to anyone and everyone that I can. So, yeah. <laughs> Taylor, the main point I got out of that is that you can eat as much ice cream as you want, as long as you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't, don't enable me because I will convince myself of that. <laughs> you know, Taylor, well, first of all, you know, I want to, I want to thank you um, for, for sharing that, that story about your mother and, and the strengths that, that you've, developed from that. And one of the more interesting things you also pointed out with so much going on in the world, you decided, Hey, I'm going to plant a garden. And I thought that was really interesting because there's so much, like you said, going on in the world. And I know for myself personally, I look at this and I'm like, I want to fix it. Let's yeah. do it. Right. And, and that's a great idea. You just turn on the TV. You're like, yep, let's save the world. But in reality, that can be pretty difficult. So what can you do right now? And what can you have in your internal locus of control? And planting a garden is a great way, I think, you know, to, to see the fruits of your labor, literally, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, I would interject and tell one quick story. So 2016, as I said, turbulent time, a lot going on. And, you know, there was just a lot to talk about and think about. And my dad made a comment and he was like, I don't care who wins the election, we're just going to have one heck of a garden. And so that's what we did. So every time that we could be like out in the garden or the news would be on and it would be something, you know, like you said, oh my gosh, like I just want to help it. We would just look at each other and be like, at least we have one heck of a garden. <laughs> so it's like an inside joke. So yeah, I had to, I had to share that, but well, but, but, you know, and that, that's a great, that's a really funny story, but you know, one of the things that, that we do talk about and, and they've proven this. So there is that kind of overwhelming feeling and by doing one thing, one thing, it makes you feel so much more accomplished. So Taylor, you said a lot of great things. I always like to do this as kind of a, a kind of 
finish off, you know, we, we've talked about the importance of environmental wellness, ways that it can play into our adult lives, our youth's lives, ways that you uh, work to preserve your own. And I'm really excited for the future. It sounds like, A, we've got some great people working really hard um, to facilitate those changes, which I think are needed. And I know I'm super excited. My kind of final question for you, do you have any, like a final takeaway for our listeners today? If there's one thing that they have been like tuning out this whole time and now they've just tuned back in, what is the final takeaway that you'd like to give our listeners today, Taylor? Oh, goodness. Okay, no pressure. Um, (laughs) I would say the biggest thing, and I think it's the thing that I've tried to drive home, you know, the whole time, and I've probably been so redundant, but I don't care, is just to consider nature, to consider how that lack of connection can impact you and it can impact every single part of your life. And that, you know, just get outside and just, I don't want you to even do anything. Just sit and and you can close your eyes, you can listen, you can feel, and you smell the smells of nature. Just go outside and smell nature. That's my one tip. Um, But really just, yeah, just get outside and observe, even if it's for five minutes. And I could probably promise, I could promise that you will feel what I'm talking about. I think that's it. And I think another thing, just one, okay, I'm going to leave two tips just because, you know, I, I can't help it, um, is to really look into regenerative practices. And I think, you know, you've spoken a lot about all these kind of domains of wellness. And I think that's true for all of them is we're not looking to sustain. We're not looking to heal anymore. We're looking to really regenerate. And I think with you know, the past two years and going through this pandemic, I think that we, I don't want to say we have the opportunity for a clean slate because we don't. And that's just kind of, you know, not true, but we do have the opportunity to choose what world we want to create now. Um, and I think that there's a way to do that that's in harmony with land and that honors land. And through that, I think we will gain the skills that we've lost um, from patience to forgiveness to communication, you know, all of these things nature teaches us. And so I just hope that we can listen uh, because, you know, it's very redundant and cliche, but we do only get one. So, yeah. That was very well said. That was great. (laughs) That was great two tips. I really enjoyed it. So (laughs) thank you. Well, and I I do think you did a phenomenal job, you know, illustrating. I, I love that, that idea of environmental wellness being that glue. And, and we can see how how important it truly is. So, Taylor, thank you so much for taking your time out to come speak with me tonight. I really enjoyed it. I always feel like the luckiest guy in the world because I get to sit here. I get to hear so many unique perspectives and I get to consult with all the experts. I'm just the guy with the camera and the microphone. <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really fortunate, you know, to be able to, to do this and hear from from great people such as yourself. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for facilitating and asking such great questions. And I would at this time, of course, I know we said, you know, no to the technology, but I have to put a shameless plug in there. If you did enjoy, you know, what you heard on this podcast, do make sure, you know, you keep up with a lot of things we have going on on our website, nwprevention.org. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, we're posting new articles around substance misuse, mental health, resilience building, stigma reduction, 
basically everything we can, you know, to make our community a little bit happier, healthier, and safer. Um, and Taylor, I'm not sure if you want to do a, a shout out to any thing that you have, but you're more than welcome to. Just keep an eye out on Page County food accessibility and also um, hopefully garden programs through the schools, through the rec center, through um, Page One, PACA. We're hoping to just bring it all together and into one great thing. So keep an eye out. It's, it's, it's in the works. <laughs> Well, there's definitely a lot of exciting things on the horizon, and I'm, I'm super excited. So thanks again, Taylor, for being on our show, and I hope all of our listeners enjoyed. And thank you all for tuning in, and hopefully you'll come back for more Positive Vibes from the Valley. I'm your host, Ryan. Thanks. <laughs>